This is Radio Free Galaxy. It's time to go. This is the Space Age, and we are here to go. Welcome to Radio Free Galaxy. I'm Travis Lee. And I'm Trisha Peterson. And this week on episode 124 of Radio Free Galaxy, we will be revisiting a topic, Trisha, that we just did recently. We're going to be talking about Jeffrey Dahmer again. Uh, it's one of our most popular episodes in our recent playlist that we've put out, and a lot of people seem to enjoy that episode a lot. Um, and there's some new content out to talk about and compare, really, to that dramatized series. Uh, there was just a Netflix series that was, it's three episodes, and it premiered on Netflix um, about two weeks ago. I think it came out on October 7th, and we just watched it. It's conversations, it's part of a series, so I think they did the Gacy ones first, correct? Uh, no, I think they did the Ted Bundy tapes, and oh. then they did the Gacy tapes, and now mm. they're doing, uh, so it's Conversations with a Killer, yeah. uh, the Jeffrey Dahmer tapes, but I know there's, a, uh, I'm pretty sure the Bundy tapes came out first, and then the Gacy tapes, and then this one. Okay, so this is the third in the series, and I have not watched the other two, um, but I did watch this one in its entirety, uh, all three episodes. Uh, I know I didn't watch all of the last Dramatized series, but... You know, uh, for me, this one was way easier to watch. I don't, I don't know about you, but for me at least, this one was way easier for me to watch. There was something about the dramatized series, especially you know, the fact you know that they went through showing all of the brutal, you know, stuff that happened in the dramatized series, and and this yeah. was more so, you know, interviews and yeah. stuff like that. So uh, I don't know. It was a lot easier for me to watch, and I got through it. Uh, less traumatized than I did. <laughs> less tra- trauma. Travis is easily traumatized. So uh, I just want to take a quick second, though, to yeah. say that um, I guess we're going to say, like, our resident Dahmer expert, yeah. uh, Rich Altenbach uh, from my band uh, Murder Generation, is joining us again because yes. uh, he can provide a lot of insight. And then also his, his wife, Becca, who actually knows uh, a tremendous amount about this as well, is listening in and if she randomly chimes in if you hear a, another voice it's her um but anyways welcome to the show again rich yeah. we appreciate you coming on every time you come on <laughs> thanks yeah, good to be here so w- what do we want to talk about with this series now in, in terms in terms of a documentary 
um, in terms of how well it was made, let's just talk about the basics and like how well it was made and constructed to start out with. I thought it was a well-made series. It's easy to watch, even if you're not that interested in the topic of serial killers or the Dahmer case in particular. I think there was a lot to watch here in terms of people that were close to the case and involved with the case and people that knew the victims and things like that. Uh, giving their stories and how it affected them in their lives, I just found this to be really interesting in that aspect of how it affected the community. I think Milwaukee was kind of like the star of this documentary series. What do you guys think? Oh, absolutely. Uh, the fact that they got so many people in for interviews on this and that it focused mainly on the, the impact of the community yeah. Um, it wasn't just, a, a, I mean, sure, a lot of it was kind of rehashing the events of the case and everything, mm -hmm. but there was a lot more time spent on uh, how, how people in the neighborhoods were, were reacting to when people were going missing. Yeah. Um, just like the, the actual impact that the events leading up to the arrest had on, on, on people here. It was a much more, it did a much better job of humanizing everything that was going on. Um, and just giving yeah, a I feel like I like the focus is Dahmer, but the focus is actually the people that were surrounding it. And also, you know, with those tapes, you're hearing a conversation that wasn't previously released. Right. So you're 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 getting kind of additional information on his thought process and like why these things were happening. But um you know, just hearing, like, hearing from the actual, like, you know, everybody is, like, touting, you know, giving rave reviews or whatever to that, that Netflix series. And it's like, you really need to watch this yeah. because it's not, that's not an accurate portrayal, reflection of what happened. Like, yeah. that was sensationalized. This is just, it's just the facts. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're seeing additional footage, additional crime scene photos. Um, and I mean, you're hearing from, you know, his attorneys, you know, different conversation. So, um, you know, for people that are interested in that sort of thing, myself, I am, um, it provides a little more insight and, uh, I, and actually I just had an experience on Friday where I actually met, um, Wendy, uh, at a local establishment and I did get a chance to talk to her, and uh, I, you know, I just one of my thoughts is always, uh, uh, she was 24 years old, and this was her first case, and she had to go down to that courthouse, and that like struck me, like, you know, and I had already watched this when I talked to her. I was like, oh my god, I cannot even believe like being 24 years old, having to keep any like emotion out of it, like your how, first like, job, you know, <laughs> how yeah. do you how do you approach that and how do you handle it and she she alludes to that on this uh this documentary where she says you know it was pretty much i just had to ask him questions to provide an insanity defense i had to get as much information as i could as possible and i'm like geez man that's yeah, just I mean, like you figure having having 36 hours of time um that was recorded time i mean that right. doesn't speak to the, the hours that were not recorded yeah. Right. Um, and yeah, what kind of an impact that's going to have on somebody? And she handled it like do their job. She handled it like an absolute badass. It seems. I mean, right. I, it seems like you know. Of course, she's been traumatized and even victimized because of her involvement with the whole thing. Yeah. Um, 
but the the way that she you know took it upon herself because i mean she could have said no she could have she could you know it's her first job she's 24 years old i mean she could have just said no i'm not i'm not doing this but i mean she did it and she did the hell of it and i mean it affected her for clearly the rest of her life i mean you know up until now but I mean, the way that she still recalls everything so vividly and talks about it and the way that she talks about even at the end of the documentary that she was able to, you know, see the human side of Jeffrey Dahmer and still felt for him even at the end when, you know, he's talking about wanting to go into general population and she's like, no, don't do it. Jeff, you know, yeah, like, that's a death sentence. Yeah, you know, every everybody in the sane world would would you know basically say the same thing unless you know they they wanted him to necessarily get killed or whatever. But they would say the same thing. You, it's gonna turn out bad for you. <laughs> it's gonna right. turn out bad for you. And do you think that that was his intention, or do you think that he was just kind of so deluded? In his mind that he thought maybe he would be able to live alongside other people in I, prison. I, I have a theory mm-hmm. on that. I think there there was some sort of like, I don't give a fuck, I'm gonna like I'm gonna I'm probably just gonna I'm gonna die in here anyways. Yeah. Might as well do it sooner than later. But I also think, um, because he had, you know, a high level of um sociopathy and narcissism that he couldn't handle being without human interaction in any way you're that... also dealing with someone who's got severe abandonment issues sure. that too yes sure. yes so it's like there's there's the abandonment issue but there's also but the the he needed like it was you know he needed that energy from other people and he needed that interaction i mean you know he said himself like i'm just i'm like gonna lose my i'm gonna lose my shit essentially you know and it was well it's, i mean it... you also figure here's someone who's like who's battling some pretty significant inner demons. And if you're left completely isolated with nothing but your thoughts, those thoughts are going to turn much darker, much faster. Right. And I mean, that's damn near a fate worse than death. And I'm sure that's probably how we would have taken that. Yeah. Yeah. Being isolated for the rest of your life. Um, You know, yeah. And I, I, I feel like, you know, obviously there was that, like, he's like, you know, he said, this is going to drive me insane, you know, most probably mostly because he had to be with his sons but also i think you know that little that sociopathy narcissism was like part of it where it's like kind of like i need people to fuck with but he wasn't thinking of it that way (laughs) maybe not consciously but not consciously but part of it was like you know that's where he got his fuel that's where he got his energy and it was it was that that interaction and it's like i don't know if like you know, I don't think his intent would be to, like, you know, actively pursue people in the way that he did on the outside. But I'm sure there would have been, like, some sort of weird interactions. And I, I have heard some strange stories about him in prison where he was kind of, like, that year that he was in Gen Pop where he was, like, kind of messing with people yeah, a little yeah. bit. Like, that wasn't completely untrue in the Netflix series where there were stories of him and being kind of antagonistic. Yeah. You know, to right. get some, because he just wanted to get reactions from people and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, for somebody like that, who's, you know, kind of sociopathic and really doesn't know how to 
act around other people to elicit necessarily the emotions that he's trying to elicit, you know, I mean, actions like that can, you know, just be kind of mimicked things, uh, you know, behaviors that he sees other prisoners goofing around with each other and doing things to get on each other's nerves maybe but in a good-natured way and when he tries to do it in the same you know in the sense of like camaraderie or whatever I mean it just turns out bad because you know he's doing maybe the right thing for the wrong reason and to the right people wrong people sure yeah so so, Rich, do you think there was any, like, uh, standout um, interviewees in this? Um, oh, gosh. I mean, there were so many of them. They were all so well put together. Yeah. Um, I kind of wish, like, Netflix would have just kind of, like, well, whoever the editors were on this would have just let the cameras roll and, like, just keep playing it. Because every time they try to, like, be creative and cut stuff together, it kind of, like, yeah. fell flat for me. Um, but anyone who was actually, like, part of the gay scene in Milwaukee in that era, yes. hearing right. that perspective, where it's like, you know, here, like, suddenly there's more people disappearing, yeah. and no one knows where they are, like, I've just been hanging out with this guy, and then all of a sudden, boom, now he's gone, what the hell's going on, right. and no one really having any clue about it, yeah. um... And like I, anything I that don't spoke re- to I that don't, really blew my mind. Yeah. I don't remember what the guy's name was, but the guy that was friends with Anthony Sears. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, that guy. I was like, oh, I think his name was Eric, I want to say. The one, the one that dropped them off in West The Alice, one that dropped them mm-hmm. off, and he became a target, and then all of a sudden he was going right. into... And he, like, had him move out of the city because he became this, you know... He became demonized because of what had happened at at that right. point you know and i i thought his his story was super interesting like that perspective i i don't really recall I'm, ever hearing hearing from him or knowing sure. about him or that sort of thing so yeah i was I mean, also but they had, glad oh go ahead <laughs> i was gonna say they had all the main players though on top of it though they had you know wendy they had jerry right. boyle they had e michael mccann they had they had yeah. um every like they had you oh, know, well, that one Brunel like they Bass. had Annie. Sh- I'm sorry. Say say that again. Vernell Bass, which he does not do interviews oh, very often. Yeah, absolutely. Pamela Bass's husband, which we talk about all we talk about often, where like that was the huge one of the biggest flaws in the Netflix um, yeah. series, where yeah. yeah, where Pamela Bass and Glenda Cleveland were combined into one yeah. character. But Pamela Bass has since passed. So, um, what was his name? Vernell. Yep, Fernell Bass. Fernell yep. Bass, and then yeah, I mean they had all the main um, detectives, and then they had actually like some, some clips of Lionel Dahmer. Like they kind of like they ran the they they really ran the gamut here. One one um, standout for me on this also was uh, I'm not sure exactly the pronunciation of his last name because it's either Berlin or Berlin. Um, he was a criminal psychiatrist. Yes. Uh, who was at, I remember watching him during the trial and he just, he can barely even get a word in like the stuff they're saying to him is so absurd. Like he's, you can watch this guy like trying to keep his shit together, talking to people who have no clue what he's saying. And like, he had a few real standout moments, which 
I mean, that kind of speaks to how that trial was never really about whether this person's insane or not. It was what's the aftermath gonna what's the aftermath gonna be in the city of Milwaukee if we let this guy not go to prison? Yeah. Because um, I mean, he kind of ends it with saying, you know, how many people do you have to eat in Milwaukee before you get considered to have a psychiatric problem? Right. You know, it's like I mean, but he, then he again, finally had a chance back, to say something. They always go back to the definition of criminal insanity is obviously different than like, like um. I don't know. I don't know why criminal insanity and regular insanity are like <laughs> kind of like dismissed, you know, <laughs> like as like sure. separate things. But I you mean, maybe they keep going back. Point to, they, the they, right or wrong. Yeah, exactly. They keep they keep going back to the point that he said that you know when he was doing these things that he knew it was wrong, and right. somehow that makes him sane. I because yeah, who was the other um, forensic psychologist? The the one that actually. There was the one from the FBI, I Dr. Wallstrom. Dr. Wallstrom? Is that... Was he... No, he was the no. one... Hmm. Oh, God. Well, yeah, there were multiple... So, yeah, there, there were multiple forensic... Yeah, there were multiple... Um, uh, I'm actually, like, I have it on my screen right now, and Dr. Wallstrom is on there. He was from Chicago, and, mm. like, he's talking well, about, like, how he had borderline personality disorder but but there's that right. that part Ken, where Ken, the one smile too there's the one that yep. says for the prosecution that says you know how i know that he he knew what he was doing wrong is because he told me yeah, and that right. that was yeah well that's the I, thing too like there's no way that i mean the the the, the deck was stacked i mean like the the outcome was already i think a foregone conclusion right um especially when like even if there's like a a way to frame this as being a racially motivated situation, yeah. um, coupled with the the complete severity of these crimes, the intensity of it, yeah. um, how public everything was, and with us being Milwaukee, being the most segregated city in the nation, if he would have been found not guilty by reason of insanity, there would have been absolute. I mean, the city would have erupted. Would have been right. chaos. It would have Absolutely. been complete chaos, and I think that's a big part of what the jury was sure. thinking. Sure. Um, which they kind of speak to that a little bit in this series as well. Like it's, yeah, particularly in the situation that was going on with the police involved with Conorak. Oh, sure, for sure, for yeah. sure. So that definitely played a huge part in how everybody reacted as far as testimonies in the trial. Yeah. Well, and the fact that he got away, like, that the cops were well aware of that situation. And, you know, there was an interesting thing that they said. And it was, I think it was, like, when they were going through the counteract thing where somebody actually, and I don't know how I feel about this statement, but they were, like, they were trying to be sensitive to the gay community by mm -hmm. allowing, you know, like, huh. not to question mm -hmm. or judge. I'm like, straight up, did you hear those cops on the phone call after the yeah, fact? Right. Like, exactly. that's bullshit. They were not being sensitive to the gay community. They didn't want to know. deal with it. They, they, they might have been going through the motions of that was their orders. You know, that was their standing order is that they needed to treat these crime or treat these incidents that they came upon uh, during the course of their job with a little more sensitivity. And bullshit, dude, that's bullshit, because like if you would have saw a female in that exact situation, I know, dude, totally. I know. You're not sending but I could her still, back. I, know. I could still see them patting themselves in the back. Yes. 
saying, aren't right. we doing such a great job by ignoring these right. ad expletive here? Like we, we didn't call anybody any names. We didn't beat anybody up. You know, uh, yeah, our, our you know, awesome. we didn't arrest anybody. Look how great we are. I mean, okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> okay. That's, I, uh, it's a step, uh, you know, um, and I, I, I know, I know that you're going to say things in private and make your jokes and do all the things that, you know, guys in the boys club do. But they made their fucking right. jokes on yeah. recorded. Yeah, right. They recorded it. I mean, that whole, that, I yeah. mean, to this day, like yeah. that whole thing. And then they opened that bar on 8th and Oklahoma. It was a cop bar called Fuzzies yep. until they got reinstated. And then one of them became like the chief of a police. Like these people should not be police officers. And that's just, yeah, it's that's, so, yeah, even to this absolutely. day, it's so infuriating. Like yeah. the, the Balzers Act became like some, um, some chief of police in some small town whatever i i don't know i just the whole like he like there are so many it's still it goes it does reflect there were so many opportunities there were so many chances for Dahmer to be stopped yeah and it's just that always like even watching this where it's completely fact-based it's it, it's like infuriating where mm-hmm. like this shouldn't have happened right it, yeah it, right yeah it shouldn't um I look. We got about ten minutes or so left. I just want to ask you both a couple questions. Look, we already talked about it a little bit, but in in terms of your personal judgment, uh, speaking to all three of you, if you could answer this, do you, look. We talked about the fact that he could. There was no way that they could find him. Uh, innocent by reason of not guilty by reason of insanity just for the community but your personal beliefs uh did he was he affected by mental illness that caused him to do this trisha what do you think absolutely yeah yeah i would i would agree with that right becca you agree yes Right. Yeah, I. <laughs> I feel like that's a that's a hesitant yes. Like you, I feel like there's a but. Yes, but no. <laughs> well, yes. However, I don't think that he would have done well in a psychiatric institution. No. no. I think prison, honestly, was probably the best thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. I I totally agree. And and just knowing that you're doing something wrong. Uh, necessarily doesn't make you sane. Like, as someone who has committed a crime and gone to prison for it, uh, I know that when I was doing things on a daily basis during my criminal life, just about every day, I, I knew things were wrong, but that doesn't mean I didn't have some serious mental illness going on at the same time. Every time I put... A needle into my veins. I, you know, you're doing something wrong. You know well, what I and mean. That's the same thing. And <laughs> this isn't was, normal he, behavior. He was sure. also, you know, and he had. He was an alcoholic. It was, right. he was a heavy drinker, and like, you know, we do act. You know, inhibitions change, and like, if you can't control your addiction to a substance, and it alters your state of mind, like, unless you get help for that actual thing, yeah. like, you're gonna keep doing the stuff i mean that's not even going into like what's causing the stuff but it's like well you're you're obviously doing this it was pretty much he only did it when he was drunk yeah right, right. yeah he had to drop all the inhibitions far enough to actually follow through with 
what yeah. he really felt he wanted to do. I will say this, though. No matter how drunk I've been, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to kill anybody. That's really good news. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> good to know, Rich. Pretty, I'm pretty, really glad to hear that. Pretty sure. As someone who drinks with you, sure. <laughs> I'm encouraged to it's hear not, that. It's never zero. It's never zero. <laughs> hey, hey, and that's why we're friends, because, yeah. you know, we're on that same level, but we don't follow through with it. Um, Rich, you know, we haven't mentioned it this episode so far, but, you know, you've undergone this project, uh, Project 213, uh, as you um, titled it, and you've been working on it for several years, basically trying to recreate a 3D digital rendering of Jeffrey Dahmer's apartment. I'm actually going to interrupt and say both him and Becca have been doing a lot of work on this. Like, Becca is... an excellent researcher yes and that's where the majority of the work i'm sure comes in for working on this project is in the research uh did you see anything in this documentary or learn anything that you hadn't seen before or known before that helped along the project at all oh yeah they uh they definitely had access to much better evidence photos yeah. Um, before this, the only ones we really had were screen captures taken from the trial, as far as I can tell. Yeah. So they were pretty shitty quality. Um, so yeah, I ended up actually being able to identify quite a few different objects he had there. I could read some labels I couldn't read before, mm-hmm. like little details. And one of them, which I was really happy to find, yeah. um, on the, the table in, yeah. I guess, kind of between the living room and kitchen there was a piece of paper. That's all you could really see it as before was a piece of paper sitting there. Mm-hmm. And it looked like it could have been like a check stub. It could have been like a folded newspaper. We had no idea. Um, but there was one shot of it uh, in the series that they showed where I could make out a couple words on it. I saw the word headliners and I saw the word Wednesday. And I could get the general shape. Mm-hmm. And my first, like Becca and my both, our first immediate thought yeah. was that looks a hell of a lot like a copy of Instep. Hmm. Um, which that periodical was pretty ubiquitous in the early 90s. So you could find it as easy as you could find a Shepherd Express. Yeah. Um, so I went on to the Wisconsin LGBTQ periodical archive, mm-hmm. uh, which is available online. And I went to the archive for Instep and found the issue from that week. And sure as shit, it's the back cover of it. Wow. Um, so I downloaded the PDF of that and used that for a texture on this. Um, but there's plenty of other little things, like a couple of things in the closet I couldn't identify. Yeah. Um, but also hearing Wendy's description of the apartment uh, a couple of days after his arrest, yeah. mainly how the, the bed looked da- like looked wet with blood. Yeah. yeah. And all the blood stains that were on the walls she said and the, the carpet. Blood soaked, the blood-soaked mattress and the blood-stained yep. carpet. Because yep. I just watched it like, and right walls. before this. Yeah. 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 So I went through and kind of... I mean, I have... Uh, I've had to look at some very unsettling other photos that have unfortunately leaked um, just to get some detail for the bedroom, unfortunately. Um, And, yeah, I mean, it's that mattress. Oh, my goodness. I can't even, like, yeah, it's it's rough. So uh, Um, just, uh, I know we only got a, a couple more minutes, but, like, what exactly is your, what is the, the, the finality of Project 213? Um, that's a fine question. It's, it's had so much like scope creep over the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, my initial 
plans for this were to have it be the first in a series, if I live long enough to make them, of, uh, <laughs> of VR crime scenes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But in order to be able to get this to look even passable in a VR environment would be quite, quite the task because the technology isn't even there yet. Um, but I can do 3D, 360-degree renderings from this project directly. Yeah. Um, so I'm probably going to end up making a series of, of those renderings to begin with. Um, and then hopefully, like, yeah, turn it into kind of a series of, I guess I call them like digital nutshells, if you're familiar with the original meaning of the term nutshell. Yeah. Right. It's like miniature crime scenes. I mean, I, I think it's morbid work. Uh, I don't think that I could do it, but I admire you so much for doing it because I think it actually is important that somebody is doing it to document for history that, you know, uh, we can study this case, we can study this person better by understanding their surroundings. And, I mean, even just the littlest thing on somebody's table can tell us you know, some kind of little bit of insight as to, you know, I was, I was sitting there looking at a lot of the photos they were showing and stuff and, and noticing some of the brands and some of the things and getting little insights into my mind of, you know, maybe making up little things in my head where he had purchased this or purchased that. And I could see him going about his daily, life which might have seemed normal you know a normal trip to the hardware store and but what was actually going on in his mind uh buying that box of cleaner or that tool that seemingly you know uh benign object and turning it into a weapon of death and horror i do actually want to um chime in on 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 one other thing uh Mm -hmm. that's interesting about Dahmer that not a lot of other serial killers do um and uh that is the fact that especially in this that he pretty much knew every single victim's names he knew at what point like he killed them all i mean there's a lot of you know various serial killers where they actually have no no idea the only reason they do is maybe because they kept like memorabilia but sure you know there's there's the whole thing where like he did treat them as objects but he also like didn't at the same time because he knew all of their names he knew all of their names all the dates like everything he i it makes me wonder though like did he have like a like how did he know all that like how did he like keep track of that and i mean it's 17 right. or whatever, but it, but he's one of the few serial killers, which I find kind of an- interesting, that, yeah. that like, knew all of their names. Like, like there's some level of, like, weird care yeah. there. Well, there was, a, there was a fetishization that he made with each victim that just ran so deep where, I mean, from his mind, from his point of view, like, this was pretty much the, like, the closest you could get to like loving anything yes yeah i mean and he was trying so to he... keep them with him exactly you know especially like like you know eating and 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 eating the bodies and things like that he really thought he was you know keeping them with him and they would live through him right i mean that's it's a dehumanizing but like it's the word objectification just is, it carries too much weight like there's yeah. there's got to be another word there yeah. that can be used to describe it in this case yeah. Well, it's, exactly. Go it's ahead. closer to 
if you think about all of the concerts that you've been to, yeah. right, you can remember these concerts because they're important to you. Right. These individuals were important to him. Mm-hmm. So he he's different I... in the sense that in, he's not interested in the fear and the extinguishing of the life. That's not the important part for him, which is different than most right. serial killers. Yeah. Right, yeah, right, absolutely. I mean, yeah, and it, it, it's like, uh, it's almost like these were his, like, relationships. Like, you remember all of your ex-girlfriends and ex-boyfriends or, like, whatever. Like, you remember their names and stuff. And to him, like, this is the closest thing that he had to a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So you would remember, I guess. I mean, yeah, that's weird. I, I mean, I that's guess. weird, but it's... No. Yeah, yeah. It, it was... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's other things. <laughs> yeah. But these, I mean, in these tapes, obviously, they, like, they, they talk about that, yeah. where it's like, you know, he, like, goes, like, victim by victim and, like, knows everything and, like, oh, well, I did this on this day and I did this and this is exactly... And, like, and, and I mean, there's such a, like, recollection of, like how we met them and like, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, obviously every time they wanted to leave, that was the thing, but it was, but it, it is kind of like a pseudo fucked up relationship. Yeah. Right. It really and is. One, one other thing I wanted to mention really quick, mm-hmm. since we only have a moment here. Yeah. Um, I remember when, when this series was first announced and I was a little bit like perplexed vaguely. I'm like, all right, conversations with a killer, but they're doing Jeffrey Dahmer. How's this going to work? Um, and we, my wife and I both, Becca and I both had, we had, uh, Wendy Patrickus's book on pre-order because she has a book coming out based on those tapes and her interviews with him. And we were very anxious to read this. We were very excited when it was announced, like, well, I don't know, two years ago now. Yeah. And we had the pre-order in, it was supposed to come out in January, last January. And it suddenly the pre-order disappeared and we couldn't find any sign of it being released anywhere. It was not available on any site we could find. So we we're very perplexed. And then when this was announced, I'm like, oh, I bet you're sure. Like, this has got to be yeah, based off of her her interviews. And then sure enough, the trailer was released a couple days later. And that mm-hmm. she was the first person I saw in there. I'm like, ah, that's why her uh... book's not out yet. And then but... I actually talked to her on Friday. And she did tell me that there is like an order of things. And that's why. Yeah. I was I was really pleased to hear that like net like I mean I know she wouldn't let Netflix take ownership of all this shit. You don't write an entire you don't write a whole book and then just be like yeah fuck it. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah. it is still going to be coming out eventually, and that's kind of great. And hopefully, I mean I know this is kind of like a flash in the pan type deal. This is very much like a what's currently trending, which is really fucking weird. Yeah. Um, but for anybody who is actually interested in like doing a deeper dive, like keep an eye out for that book because. Her perspective is going to be incredibly unique. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. And, and hopefully really she'll come on to. as a guest and we can talk about all that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that would be really cool to get her on. Uh, we are efforting that and hopefully we can make that happen. And Rich and Becca, I'd love to have you guys on to, if we, if we do make that happen, I'd love to have you guys on at least for part of it to uh, be oh, able to great. speak with her and, ask some insightful questions there's some other things i'd like to maybe get into about this whole case in another show especially we didn't even touch on it but i really think there's a very interesting role that pop culture 
played in Jeffrey Dahmer's life and the movies that he watched and the music that he listened to. And I think we could really almost devote an entire show to just talking about that (laughs) and how it affected him. And maybe it didn't make the monster. It didn't make the man. But it's things... You know, it's those pop culture things that we take comfort in, uh, whether we're Jeffrey Dahmer or just, you know, Joe Blow podcaster that, you know, help us to escape the worries and the troubles of our normal life or maybe help us to linger on the obsessions that we have and wallow in them uh, and things like that. And I just think there's so many interesting things. uh, There's such an interesting tie there with uh, the pop culture stuff that he was into that helped to form like his whole outlook outlook on life or maybe helped him cope with what he was doing and then, you know, be able to go back to his normal life, uh, you know, and, and act like nothing had happened or whatever. But, I mean, that's a longer conversation, you know, that we can't really yeah, get into here. But, yeah, so right. I think that's interesting. So... Thank you guys for uh, being on again. Thank you, Rich. You know, your insights on this are invaluable, and we really appreciate it, uh, you coming on. And thank you, Becca, for being on as well. Really appreciate that. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I'm here, too, so, like, you know, whatever. Peace out, homies. Yes, Trisha. Thank you for being here as well. As as I'm supposed to be, actually. <sighs> so that you know, you know, yeah, there's that. All right. Uh, so yeah, thank you all. We're gonna take a break, and we'll be back with Christine and Adam, and we'll be talking about House of the Dragon episode nine. <laughs> like what? Okay, yeah. House of Incest. <laughs> House, of, House Inse- of Incest. House of Incest uh, episode nine, and we'll be talking about uh, Andor. Episode 7, the most boring show in the history <laughs> of the fucking planet. <laughs> I really don't want to talk about it anymore. We're going to talk but, about some shit. Yeah, we're going to talk about it. So we're going to take a break. We'll be back right after this. Stay tuned. Bye. This episode of Radio Free Galaxy is brought to you by Eddie Vedder's Cheddarwurst. Eddie Vedder's Cheddarwursts are the only brand of cheese-filled sausage that will keep you even flowing all day long. Find them in your local supermarket today. Eddie Vedder's Cheddarwursts. Mmm. All right, welcome back to the show. Um, thank you to Trisha and Rich and Becca for discussing the uh jeffrey dahmer tapes that was a really good conversation um but we're gonna make a transition here to talk about the television reviews um that we've been covering i don't know all season long and i've got christine and adam here with me hi there yeah and so, you know, it's it's a lot of effort to get seven people together in one night remotely to do a podcast. I know it might sound like some of us are in the same room uh, when we're recording this, but me and Christine are actually the only ones that are ever in the same room, and everyone else is remotely connected through audio. Uh, so, yeah, it's, a, it's an effort, but you know what? We're making it happen. 
I'm the real folks. The last time that we actually did a Everybody at Travis House uh, podcast was probably episode five. Yeah. Yeah. Something something like that. I know, like, the first one was, and two it, were, right. were, were were live yeah. together, uh, and maybe one or two after <laughs> that, but pretty much everyone after yeah. that. After been, episode 10, guaranteed, yeah. we were not together. <laughs> when, when, when we found out that, you know, we could uh, do everything remotely, and it was quite easy, and it sounded good, we just have been doing it. So, you know, as right. much as we enjoy each other's company, this is a very small room. And even having me and Christine here together gets a little... Right. We, we're bumping elbows, and I'm pushing her away because, you know, <laughs> she gets a you little know, too close. I got the cooties. Yeah. She so, anyway, we are going to be talking about uh, Andor Episode 7 and House of the Dragon Episode 9. The Rings of Power is over, so we don't have that to talk anymore. Mm. At least for Season 1, it's over. Um, you know, next week, I think we'll get to She-Hulk, finally. Uh, hopefully, um, were we gonna, I thought we were gonna do it all in one big shot. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Next week, I don't know that's. I don't know it's over. But it is. It is. Oh. It's over. It's over. Uh, I will have to remind Shannon. Yeah. Um, that she's on the hook because she agreed to it. Okay. I don't know how that's gonna uh-huh. go. But... So I'm thinking what that will probably entail is me going over there. Okay. So there will be, and I don't know how the fuck we're gonna do that for a headphone type thing. Mm-hmm. Well, you can get a splitter. A splitter, that's oh, what we I, use here, is a splitter. Um, you can well, get one for like... Can, yeah, five in, bucks. In, Insignia makes a good one uh, that's like, yeah, five or six bucks. Yeah. So. And from formerly being a Best Buy employee, you're going to make me pay five or six bucks for something that I could have used to get when I worked there for like 45 cents? Yeah. Dicks. Ugh. Boo. But we've had this one for a couple of years. It's held up well with a lot of uh, connecting and unconnecting. and uh, A lot of jostling. Yeah, so. All right. Uh, anyway, let's get into Andor, Episode 7. Uh, guys, this series, um, we've talked about it the last few episodes. It's just incredibly boring. Uh, you know, we could say whatever we want about uh, Rings of Power, House of the Dragon, She-Hulk, and all those things. And we can have complaints and everything. But one thing none of those series is, is just boring. This series is so incredibly boring. They show me some cool Star Wars stuff once in a while, but overall, just we get these long, forlorn looks of people just like looking out a window or looking across the table. And I know maybe that's supposed to be the intentional tone of this series of people, you know, deciding if they're going to make this monumental life choice to defy the Empire or to support the Empire, whatever. But, um, God, it is just... It's so boring. It's so incredibly boring to watch and try to slog through. Dude, and this one had some new words in it that made me really sad. What? Pivos. Oh, oh yeah, the the I the ISB uh, act. Factory. Yeah, the 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 basically act that is meant to be analogous to the Patriot Act. Oh, poured. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. Prod poured. poured. I, I think it was poured. Poor poured. So, anyway, it was. It was yeah. It's lame. Well, all right. So, I mean, yeah, agreed. Most of the series has been a fucking snoozer, dude. It yeah. really has. Yeah. However, this, the, 
So I wasn't, you know, I wasn't feeling well for the last one. Yeah. Um, because we had to delay till to Monday, and right. then I was midst of not eating for a fucking colonoscopy. Yeah. Glad all you guys all want to know that one. Mm-hmm. Not as bad as it may seem, but I mean, hey, go get it done, folks. Yeah. At any rate, um, so I didn't get to weigh in on that one. That was actually a pretty decent episode. We finally got some action. Yeah. My opinion. Um, this one, I don't know, man. Like, not as big of a snooze fest as the other ones. This one was a little bit picked up a little bit, man. Like, there's at least like some some quality intrigue, you know, and a little bit, um, I don't know, to me, more meaningful plot development. Yeah, but I, Adam, I'm just bored with where this is all going. You know, I'm, I'm. Did you want me to bring Power Rangers back for you, dude? Would that, would that <laughs> at least, no, I mean, at least we not, have not something to right. complain about. No, I, I, I liked like, um, I like the bickering between the ISB uh, and, and things like that. And I like those meeting scenes and I like all that, but just um, the, the depiction that they're showing of the empire basically just being a big bureaucracy, a big annoying bureaucracy is just kind of diminishing the impact and the power of what the, what the empire really is and i know we're dealing with the empire on a different level in this series and that's how most people in the galaxy are going to interact with the empire is more on a a a a bureaucracy local level than dealing with like an actual sith or dealing with the emperor you know what i mean We, we we got the view before in star wars of dealing with the big main characters that have mystical powers and everything but now we're dealing with the empire on basically its middle management level, and uh, it's not as exciting. But it might be more close to the reality of what a normal person in the galaxy would have to deal with with the empire, uh, when you know land disputes and ownership of property coming in. And I I know it might be more real. But it's just so... Uh, it's like watching C-SPAN fucking for Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Basically, yeah. And, and um, you know, I don't know where it's all going with uh, the one guy who's trying to redeem himself, who is the Corpo guy, and now he's working with um, that other bureaucracy in the, basically, space cubicles. Uh, it... <laughs> I don't know where that whole storyline is going. What is he going to do? We were debating it in a previous episode. Is he going to turn rebel or is he going... He he looks more so like he wants to, you know, redeem himself to the Empire and everything. So I don't really think he's going to turn rebel or anything. No, this guy's way too uh, clean cut and by the book to ever just go be a rebel. He doesn't have it in him. I don't know. He he might be... you know, he, he might get that, that opportunity because, I mean. Something like, else has to happen is my point, right. Adam. Something, it, it's not going to happen on the mindset and the path that he's on now. There would have to be some other kind of inciting incident that would have to happen and it would have to be a really big deal for him to turn over to the other side. Now, I, I don't know, we still really don't get any clue as to who his uncle is. I mean, they keep referring to him, uh, Uncle Harlow or whatever. Um, they keep making such a big point of talking about Uncle Harlow 
and but we intentionally they aren't telling us exactly who he is i i think he's gonna be a mcguffin dude it really is yeah it seems very weird so i don't know we we keep getting that and now he's working for that bureaucracy um the only thing i can see is that um that one bureaucrat coming to him yeah because now that she's got like the go-ahead to do her thing because he Mm -hmm. was involved those two storylines would, yeah, need to intersect somehow. She needs some kind of data, maybe, that he's going to be mining, and they have some kind of interaction, and she decides to hire him on as an assistant or something, and be maybe his, like, her corporate, like, attack dog type guy, you know, and he'll jump into it with a fervor because he's trying to redeem himself. You know, and show his usefulness. Um, yeah, so yeah. that that's one story. I, I like, see him becoming an ISB, like fucking. Like, I can, yeah, I can see it. I can see him in the uniform. I can see him taking on that role with gusto, and that's exactly what I think he he'll, seems he'll to be. be might, built he might for. become a fucking special investigator. Like he won't be in any uniform, dude. Right. I highly doubt he will be. Yeah. He's gonna like walk around with like fucking. He's going to whip out a fucking wallet. It's going to have some fucking credentials in it, and that's going to be the end of it. Yeah. He'll whip out a space wallet and show his space <laughs> badge and mm-hmm. get in all kinds of space hijinks. Um, so, uh, turning to Cassie and Andor, he returns to Ferrix, uh, basically with his loot, you know, and he's trying to get uh, his friends out of there. And he goes back to uh, Marva. Is the name correct? He goes back to Marva and he's like, let's just escape all of this. We've got the financial means now for the first time. And, you know, let's just escape all of this mess and make a nice, quiet life for ourselves. And she entertains the idea for a minute. Um but then, you know, really is bound to the fact that, you know, she's got nothing left to lose in her life, and she really wants to devote the rest of her life to rebelling against the Empire any way that she can. And you kind of have to respect that, and hopefully it will end up inciting uh, Cassian to do the same, but I really think what's going to have to happen is that she's probably going to end up getting killed and then that's going to be the last nail in the coffin that will send Andor into full-out rebellion, right? I would hope so. That'll at least pick the show up a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I, she's probably going to get herself killed. Yes. She's going to uh, martyr herself. She's going to martyr herself. I mean, maybe not intentionally martyr herself, but... Uh, something else needs to happen clearly in you would think that Cassian has seen enough and he's experienced enough and done enough that he would be fully on the rebellion train already but um, I guess he's still a little immature in his thinking and his beliefs and he sees other routes out to still have a good life for himself especially now that he's financially secure uh, that, you know, he just would like to run away from it, but I think he's going to quickly realize there's no running from it. I think the ISB yeah. is going to catch up with him. 
Uh, I think some of his, more of his friends, possibly Marva, who knows who else, is going to be killed. Well, and he's going to realize that there is no running from the Empire. Well, I mean, he's looking at, what, fucking six years in the pokey? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he, yeah. Christine missed that part of this episode, but yeah, he... Ooh, it was what an exciting thing. There was a, a just mistaken it. identity thing that happened, and he got caught up, and now he got sentenced to six years in prison for defying the Empire because, you know, the ISB and, and whatever, their, their act of uh, anti-rebellion or whatever that they, they instituted uh, made all the fines for <laughs> it, everything, you know, super harsh. The, the, the judge in his case even said, you know, this used to be a six-month sentence. Emperor. Yeah, take it up with the emperor. It used to be a six-month sentence. Uh, you're getting six years now. Ooh. Yeah. Owie. So I, that's probably the inciting incident that's going to... So somebody's got to come break him out or he's got to break himself out or something like I that mean, needs to happen. Just, it's just inaccurate so far to where he tells Jyn Erso, it's like, I've been fighting this rebellion since fill in the blank. He really hasn't. Yeah, no, really, no. Yeah. I mean, he, in ways... Like, yeah, I mean, he has, but he wasn't part of the rebellion. He's been fighting no. the Empire. Yeah. And, like, to say he was part of the rebellion is kind of like, no, you kind of really weren't, bro. Yeah. You, you were a fucking tourist up until X point, which yeah. we haven't really seen yet. Right. Fucking yeah. tourist. Uh, you know, I mean, he's definitely had a hard life and a difficult life and everything, and he's right. been fighting he's a lot. That. Yeah, but he hasn't necessarily been uh, 100% on board with this whole rebellion thing, but I think he might be now. So anyway, let's get over to House of the Dragon, Episode 9. Uh, if, if, if he's anything... a rhino. He's a rebel in name only. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, House of the Dragon, episode 9. So this episode was um, uh, not as incest-centric as previous episodes. And for anything, whether you like it or not, it's not boring. There no. was a lot going on in this episode, a lot of intrigue. Uh, the death of Viserys finally happened. Dude, so, that dude just, man, like, I don't know. He was holding on. Corpse. Yeah. yeah. Like, he was half a corpse, like, yeah. for, like, most of those six last years or whatever. So, like, he yeah. held on, man. They really lingered on him and his gross face last week um, for way too long. <laughs> uh, but it was some good effects. and uh, But the way they lingered on it for too long was, yeah. uh, you know, it takes away from how good the effects actually were. To If they give you time to sit and study it and watch the movement of the holes yeah. in his face, it kind of takes away from how good it actually was because then you start to notice all the little inaccuracies and flaws in it. Uh, I wish they had just been used it a little more sparingly oh, they than they did. Oh, they can't do that in this show. they got to show you all No, nothing. It. Nothing in the show all up is in moderate. That hole. And nothing in the show is moderate. They have to show you the most extreme version of everything that happens. So when, you know, Sir Kristen, like takes that dude's head and slams it down. They have to show him, you know, his whole face breaking. Dude, like, you know? that guy, Sir Kristen, needs dude. to be, like, set to the corner. He keeps killing people before, like, <laughs> dude. Dude, can, dude. Can, can we, can, can somebody can fucking control Sir Kristen, dude? He right, is like, the he worst. Right, like, he's an open defiance to his lord commander. <laughs> like, bruh. 
repeatedly, Repe- repeatedly. He keeps killing dudes that are like on the council and shit. And you can see that Allison is completely horrified by the things that he's done, especially in this episode. She's not cool with what he is doing, but she realizes that she like needs him because this is coming up in a brutal, brutal time that they're going to be going through. We're going to be going Switch through civil war, basically yeah. Targaryen civil war. And she knows that she needs a motherfucker like that, that will just do whatever she needs him to do. But she's got him and she's got Laris too on, on the covert side. You know, she's got like the brutal arm of Sir Kristen and then she's got Laris I don't even want to get into his weird feet thing. If if you're human and you've been alive on social media in the last week, you've seen all of the memes I of of, of Laris and and his weird feet thing. It's it was such an unnecessary scene, uh, but Game of Thrones will do that to you all the time and just show you a lingering like scene of, of somebody just involved in some kind of weirdness and it's like it, it's so unnecessary but it just goes in to show you that everyone almost everyone in this world is just filled with some kind of depraved behavior or beliefs or obsessions i don't know the only good person and and my heroes of the show are princess Rainus. I, I always feel stupid saying her name because I don't feel like I'm saying it right. But Rainus, that's how you say her name, correct? I think so. Okay, she is the hero of the show to me. And especially at towards the end of this episode. Dude, that was baller. How much were you guys rooting for her to just say Dracarys? Dude, I oh, wanted dude, her to say I was, Dracarys. I, I was like so disappointed it didn't happen. I was like, oh. I was like, sure that it was gonna Adam, right? Or like... I, I, like like, you gave my dick a tug, and then you walked away. Like, come on, man. I've got, like, storyline blue balls from that. Like, dude. It, it, was, it was disappointing, and I think a huge mistake on her part not to do it. Or, dude, or have the dragon eat Aegon and be like, see ya. I mean, it was a gangster move. It was a bold move to walk in and say that I could do this right now. But I'm going to walk away. But nobody's like, going to learn the lesson from that. Nope. Nope. And the thing is, is like she she gave them a message that she needed to give them. Mm-hmm. You may think you have the power, you may think you're in power, but at the end of the day, like I let you fucking live. Yeah, I. And I, I think let... that's I, I honestly, dude. I'm I hate saying it, but I think that's gonna come back to fucking haunt her ass. It it oh, will yeah. it one hundred percent will and show? and yeah. it sh- and it should it should she had the opportunity to seize the moment and what she did was badass. Trust me, it was badass. It was very cool. Um, you know, I don't, I don't see the drawbacks of her doing it. You know, like if she were to say Dracarys and burn up the king right there, I don't see how it could really fall back on her. I mean, she, and then you know, Rhaenyra could have come in and taken her rightful spot on the throne, and what would anybody have been able to dispute in that at that point? Dude, you I know? got the biggest fucking dragon except for uh, Aemon's dragon. Aemon's like, dragon is the biggest, yeah. And he yeah. would have been, yeah, but he would have been dead. He would have been yeah. toast. But I'm just saying, like, with no one to challenge her as a dragon rider, like, yeah, the only other person that could take it would be Rhaenyra. Well, and here's the thing. Like, okay, 
So, possible repercussion. Fucking homeboy gets on biggest dragon that he took for his own and goes seeks out his cousin, aunt, whatever the fuck relationship. Who knows? Their weird. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, their weird fucking family tree is. Yeah. Uh, great aunt, I guess. I don't uh, know. Whatever. Second slash cousin, slash cousin slash sister. I don't even know. I don't know, dude. Right. I don't got my map grand, out. Grand matron, whatever the fuck. Like, yeah. w- whatever fucking roundabout fucking family tree that is. Like, he could take his dragon, and he could go try to fucking dragon fucking fight with with her. The problem is, his dragon's fucking old, man. Like, you've and, seen and, it. And she's, and, and she's probably a much more experienced rider than, you know, Eamon is. As, as much as he has youth and the biggest dragon on his side, Dude, I mean... Agent Treachery will beat Newton Vigor every fucking time, man. Exactly. And she has more of a established repertoire and, and relationship with her dragon that, you know, I mean, if we're talking about a strategical fight, she's probably going to end up winning in the end over, you know, brutality and strength. Right. Uh, you know, so I I don't know. I it, it was a, it was a good episode. It was another brutal episode. Uh, the the child fighting. Oh, pits. dude, I was gonna talk about the child fighting. Like, damn, half of them were like uh, Aegon's kids from all the. <laughs> oh god. Which is like, wow, that's fucked up. So he made his own like army of monster children mm, to like fight I mean, in the ring. No, he didn't make them to fight yeah. in the ring. It's just a byproduct of his fucking. Getting his freak on his dalliances, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't think he's breeding them to fight, but he's leaving these children everywhere with probably you know uh, poor women who have no other choice but maybe to sell their children into s- child cockfighting. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I was like, oh, they haven't checked that off the list of child depravity, so. There we go. Yeah, they sharpen their teeth and sharpen their nails. their nails and oh god, brutal. Ugh. Just like what are we talking about here? When cockfights aren't enough, you know? Yeah, I, I, I guess hey, let's throw some children into that. I just can't believe that commoners would be okay with doing Dude, the that. commoners in this entire show are okay with a whole lot of shit. So this like I mean there's only one. There's one that spoke up which is like I want you to stop the child cockfighting. Right. Which probably won't happen. Right. She probably ended up getting halved or Which beheaded. Which is, what or... her name? Uh, the White Worm? What yeah, White Worm. Her? Is that what they call her? Did that's... I get that wrong? No, that's White Worm. Yeah, that basically was Damon's ex, right? That Who was he... like a mm-hmm. prostitute he... that yeah. worked her way up to be like a madam or something? she's like something? a spy master. Or basically. something? Yeah. Um, she's a precursor to Littlefinger. Yeah, and... Her spy agency and uh, Laris's spy agency are clearly at odds, and so Laris wants to take her out mm-hmm. because, you know, he's got to be the only game in town for him to be effective at what he does, and hopefully she's got the same schemes on him uh, to try to take him out, too, so that's a little bit of intrigue there. Uh, what... What angle is Laris going for as a member of the... He's he's the head of the Strong family now. What is he going for? Is he going for just wanting to be the next hand? or I Dude, mean, I don't know what his intentions are. I think he's kind of happy where he is doing yeah. his weird 
weird shit. I don't think he really wants power. It's kind of just like he's just twisting, like the knife mm, just enough to. Like, I don't think I don't think it's someone that doesn't edge. want powder. He doesn't want overt power. Right. Mm. That's why I'm saying he he his ultimate goal might be to be the hand behind the scenes, but right. not raid in like the spotlight. Right. And um, I I don't know, but he's definitely taking Allison's you know side and and betting that that is going to be you know the the winner no matter what uh i think it's a huge mistake on his part uh you we we get to see for the first time a rift between otto and allison in what allison's very taken back in in this episode she's you know she did actually love viserys and so she's dealing with the loss of like her husband her king and everything um, and just disgusted, yes. first of all, that all of the the, the small council uh, was basically plotting to do this whole thing with Aegon, you know, behind her back. And she's disturbed by that fact and also disturbed by what lengths everyone's going to. Uh, she's definitely got some choices to make here. And I know that... You know, you had the two factions, her and Otto Hightower, were both trying to establish Aegon as the next king, but both for very different reasons, and they both want it done in a very different way. And so you have Otto Hightower getting Sir Eric and his brother, you know, to look for Aegon, and then you've got her with Kristen and Aemon looking for him. And, I mean, there's people making moral decisions all over the place that are actually really interesting and i want to see how it all plays out by the end of the series so i know it's gross i know there's a lot of incest and brutality and everything but one thing this show is not is boring it's not boring <laughs> it's definitely not so and I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes from here so yeah yeah right now um i have to say sir eric is probably my favorite character yeah, he's 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 actually got some uh, s- substance to his character, and actually we saw a lot of characters in this episode have some dimension to them that we hadn't seen before, and that's why I appreciated this episode so much is that it really explored that not everybody is is one dimensional as we thought, you know even no. even Eamon, we got to see some stuff from Eamon that actually like endeared me to him a little bit that he's not just like a complete monster dude i actually was gonna say i think Eamon's starting to grow on me because like he's not as scummy as the rest of his family like granted he did the whole thing to get the dragon and all yeah. but like uh they're not showing him like you know just you know dropping his seed everywhere and like the like brothels of you know their hometown and stuff right. and he's not doing a bunch of depravities so yeah. like I mean, like, they brought more of him on. I'm like, okay, I'm kind of curious to see where this character goes because I think he wants to kill his brother because his brother is just a piece of garbage. He really is. And you saw that look in Aegon's <laughs> face when he finally decided to take the throne. Like, I, you know, he was going to take it whether he wanted to or not. But uh, when, when he finally, they were at that coronation, that forced <laughs> coronation party, uh, you know, uh, that look that he got on his face when he turned around and actually embraced it, you just saw that, like, look of, like, Joffrey, you know, yeah, where he's like, he's like, he's like, oh, dude, 
he's like, you know what? Why was I not up for this? He's like, I'm so into this right now. He's like, I'm going to do some evil ass shit. Dude, he's already doing evil ass shit. So what's he going to do now when he's king? Exactly. It's kind of That's going to get real gross and real sticky everywhere. Don't touch anything. Yeah, definitely don't touch anything. <laughs> if, if, House, if House of the Dragon's been playing in your house, just don't touch anything. Don't touch anything. Um, yeah, anybody got anything to add? Mm-mm. I don't think so. Yeah, not really. Um, I mean, coming up, we got some, some different stuff in uh, next week. And... Uh, uh, I guess yeah. one shot the uh, the Hulk, She-Hulk. Yeah, yeah. I I, I really want to get into doing a full season review of She-Hulk next week, so I'm gonna try to start watching it maybe before the day before that we start recording, <laughs> as we always do. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and then uh, my friend Shannon, who's also friends with Christine and Travis, here is gonna join yeah. us. She said she would at least. Yeah. We'll see what her work schedule says because. Uh, yeah, she's about to go into busy season at her work, so. All right, well, we'll try to get her on. Right. We're, we're efforting right. to get Shannon on next week to talk right. about I, the... In- go ahead. Oh, I, I asked her not to mention any of it. Yeah. Like, not talk about it. Like, yeah. if she watches it, just don't mention it to me, because I, like, I want to hear yeah. first time, like, off the cuff, like, what her opinion is, because... Right. Um, she watches superhero movies. Um, I know... Trisha really doesn't care for him, which is cool because she's yeah. got other interests and whatnot, yeah. which is part of the fun of our diversity. Yep. But like, uh, she's a bit more reserved than Christine is. Like, not totally, but like, you know, it's different opinions. And I was just curious to see what her her response is because I haven't really read any of the She Hulk books, mostly because I was never really a big Hulk fan. Yeah. I mean, I like Hulk in the MCU, but that's just because of the acting, not so much the character. Right. Although it was pretty fucking awesome in uh, Ragnarok and uh, yeah, some of this stuff. He's actually uh, what's his face? Uh, Ruffalo is pretty pretty good in this, from what I've seen. Yeah. Not without giving anything up, you know. Yeah, his character, you know. I have read a lot of Hulk books, and I have read a lot of She-Hulk books uh, myself because you know when I was younger, I collected the books that were cheap (laughs) because (laughs) i was poor and she hulk were some of the ones that were cheap and i you know you could get a whole mini series for a buck or two and i absorbed everything that i could get for cheap when i was younger so yeah i have read a lot of she hulk books and i'm interested to watch this series i i'll I'll check it out as long as it's not boring i'll you know probably you know she actually really does lawyering stuff and we hear like everything verbatim yeah so i i don't know we'll Well, get into that next week that's part of the cool part about like you know some of the some of the other characters like oh yeah like you know tony tony stark you know philanthropist playboy millionaire MIT grad, all that fucking cool shit, you know, Cap, World War Two, fucking Lost in the Ice, fucking Super Soldier, body, 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 She-Hulk, lawyer. 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 Yeah. Uh, lady lady Mur- lawyer. Yeah, Matt Murdock, lawyer. Blind lawyer. Blind lawyer. <laughs> Blind lawyer. I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, Jessica Jones, private eye. Yeah. <laughs> Luke Cage, uh, uh, cool Punchy motherfucker. Guy. Strong guy. Badass I mean, for hire. Yeah, like, badass <laughs> for hire. But otherwise, you know, cool guy. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. you know, 
<laughs> you know, Clint, you know. Bow guy. Should yeah, be arrow guy. guy. Regular, regular ass dude. Nothing, nothing happened to him. No super serum, you know. Nice hair. Yeah. I, st- I still say, though, that Hawkeye series was my favorite yes. of all these MCU series that came out. So far. So far, yeah. Yeah, so I far. I mean, I don't know. I liked, uh, you know. Kamala Khan was really Falcon. good. Yeah, it was. It really was. I, Miss I, Marvel I, was good. I, I was Marvel, very yeah. pleasantly surprised at like how how much I enjoyed that. Yep, me too. And they dress up like um, the Hulk. So I'm leaving myself open. I know a lot of people have talked shit about She-Hulk, but honestly, a lot of people talk shit about Miss Marvel, and I freaking loved it. So I'm totally open. It, like I take uh, other people's criticism and reviews in, into account, you know. But I'm not gonna let that form my judgment at all. I'm still gonna watch the thing. I just might delay it a little bit if it's you know getting bad reviews or whatever, and I got other things that are going on. But we had a fucking lot on our fucking. We had a lot, dude. We might could have good like did this, right. but as it was going right so everything at its time so we will get to she hulk next week possibly also werewolf by night uh you know adam got a chance to watch it i haven't watched it yet uh but i've i've i have heard some good things about that so it's only an hour so i'll I'll check it out at least to be a completist um you know what honestly with it just being an hour an hour mm -hmm. like no, no no other details about it yeah um because you know we're going to talk about it later, and I don't want to spoil anything for you. I honestly would dig more um, one hour long standalone one shot content. One shot to you, yeah. 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 There's some characters that don't deserve a, an entire series. I mean, maybe well, they're fun, so wonderful much characters. Deserve. It's, it's more like there isn't just enough content to really give them a yes. whole hour. But like right. we, they could definitely dedicate like a hey while while you were busy paying attention to this. Yeah. This other thing kind of happened. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll check those out, and we will bring you our reviews next week. Uh, thank you all for listening to episode 124 of Radio Free Galaxy. We had a bunch of guests on and all the hosts that you normally get. Thank you again to Rich and Becca and Trisha and Christine and oh. Adam, and thanks to myself also to for powering through this. Despite the fact that I had a massive sinus pressure headache, Uh, you know, woe is me. But I soldiered through, and we got through it. So thank you all for listening. Please remember to leave us a rating review on Apple Podcasts and the Spotify app. And please follow us on social media everywhere that we are. We are on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And please check out the Radio Free Galaxy uh, YouTube channel where... Uh, just like a day away from 300,000 views on, Pokey smokes. on the Radio Free Galaxy YouTube channel. So please check that out. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Radio Free Galaxy. Bye!